1: it's 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 there's no this is rocket science you know you gotta finish the game right and do right at the end and uh that's how you become a good finishing club
3: you know we knew it was going to
1: be one of those games that field position
3: was going to be important ball security was going to be important and uh i think preparing in our mind for what we thought the weather was going to be like
2: um maybe it wasn't quite that. Uh, I've never heard of bomb typhoon, but that, that kind of gets your attention.
0: Close. Close. Bomb cyclone.
3: Come on now. We'll give
0: Sean Payton the benefit of the doubt. All bomb right, typhoon, right. bomb cyclone. You know, I, I think they make these things up to drive interest and in traffic. I think meteorologists, the original clickbaiters, every time you look at There's a weather emergency somewhere that everybody needs to be worried about, and 90% of the time, they never come to fruition. I don't know what a bomb cyclone is, and I would have been happy to have never heard the term in my life, but the bottom line, it rained all night in Seattle. What a shock. It rained all night in late October in Seattle. It didn't seem to be as bad as it was the night before in Santa Clara for Colts 49ers, Christopher, but... But still, it seemed like the weather affected things. Either that or both teams aren't very good. I'm not quite sure which one it is.
3: Well, no, I I don't think I'm ready to say that. Yeah, the weather, I mean, hey, listen, it's never easy going into Seattle and playing in that place. I mean, I've been there a few times through my career. I mean, I know they're not, you know, as strong as they once were at the home of the 12s there in Seattle. But it's still not easy. Pete Carroll teams are going to fly around and compete. And they're tough. And there's no doubt about that. But, I mean, come on. I mean, one of the themes of the game was like that was almost a master class in how to mess up the game for the Saints. The Saints dominated the game other than one play for the most part. So they had no business being in a field goal type of a football game there late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, But they were, and they gutted it out and won the football game. And, yeah, bomb cyclone or not, whatever. I don't know, it's raining cats and dogs here in the Northeast. I know that. I don't know if that's a weather term, but, damn, is it pouring here. Raining cats and dogs
0: doesn't drive traffic to the weather platforms and apps the way the bomb cyclone does No cats and dogs isn't sexy enough can't use that anymore it's got to be bomb cyclone it's got to be something that scares people right scares people and gets them to constantly click 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 i'm only being partially facetious here it really is irritating how they go out of their way like in the winter time now they name every snowstorm are you freaking kidding me they name every snore and i almost said the other word i'm under the influence of marshawn lynch last night on the manning cast where he (laughs) dropped three S bomb cyclones and one f-bomb cyclone and didn't even flinch
3: how does that work and then they Will came they get, back they get in trouble no, you, i mean was that what is that is there fcc regulations with that what is it how does that work nothing fcc there? doesn't
0: regulate cable okay FCC I wasn't only sure. re- and i i probably shouldn't tell no, you this. you're right
3: screw that this show is over I, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I probably should not explain to you, Chris, right. that the FCC only gets involved if it ever does. Yeah, when it's something that goes over the public airwaves, gotcha. the the signals that 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 still a lot of people rely upon for their TV content, which is why the broadcast networks are so valuable to the NFL. But for ESPN, ESPN two us, yeah, it,
3: it it doesn't apply. Well, sh- I didn't know that. <laughs> Boom! I got one. Heck that's yeah. it. That's all. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I apologize. did it. I did it. I apologize, London, apologize. Liverpool, the whole UK, everywhere. I apologize. Oh, hey,
0: listen, listen, listen. In London, they won't bleep it. They'll bleep every other word that they shouldn't. But, but I suspect. I think what happens is the person who's got his or her finger on the button is watching soccer while our show is on (laughs) and misses the the obvious ones yeah (laughs) right the night that the premier league isn't on that's when they bleep words like heck and darn and shoot (laughs) but they'll miss this one um no i shouldn't have i shouldn't have led the horse to water but but it's the same thing as what happened last night like how can you have marshawn lynch on your broadcast live and not accept the fact that at some point marshawn lynch is going to keep it real and that's what i love Real life is rated R. People talk like that. That's the facade that we try to establish on TV. That's how real people talk. And that's why I love Marshawn Lynch. He never is anything but himself. No doubt. And they come back with this half-assed apology after the break. Come on, you don't have to apologize. You, you apologize for putting him on at all because you know he's going to do that at some point. <laughs> I thought right. it was great. That's oh, right. That I know I missed um,
3: some of the four-letter words. I did, I did, I did catch Brady uh, not, on that. No, you didn't. Well, I'm an expert at how to use them. <laughs> and,
0: and, and listen, people think I'm a Brady hater, and I just think he's too damn old to wear that hat backward. I'm sorry, and this isn't the Colin Coward take that franchise quarterbacks shouldn't wear their hat backward. I don't care about that <laughs> if you're in your 20s or maybe even if, even if you're, in your, you're in your early 30s. There's a point between 35 and 39 where you're too old to wear your hat backward. That's, that's, that's my opinion.
3: And I'm entitled to it. Okay. I didn't know you went there. So that's where you went on Twitter last night? You went to that? You yes. went on to that hater move right there? I, <laughs> right. I did.
0: <laughs> 44 okay. is too old. Unless he's got something going on up here, unless he's, unless he's fertilized the crops recently to keep that hair thick and lustrous, that hair that was going south on him when he was 22, whatever magic he's doing up here, maybe he has to keep a lid on it now. It's kind of like a greenhouse. I don't know. But... But the, the backward hat doesn't, it, it just doesn't work. It makes him look older. That's the thing. At a certain age, the backward hat makes you look older. And I don't want to say lamer because there's nothing lame about Tom Brady, but I just wouldn't do that.
3: Well, that's all, yeah, but that's, that's why I can get hat. away with it. I didn't even notice it. I, I don't even, I did not even realize. No, because he's
0: done it all the time I know, now. you're right. I'm kind of used now. to it. It's a yep. thing.
3: Uh, I did enjoy it though. I did. I, I haven't watched a lot of the, the Manning telecast, but I did watch when Brady went on and, uh, it was a good watch there for a little while. I, I will say that for sure. He he made a joke about
0: defensive players being stupid and it was clearly a joke.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, but and 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 they pushed back on him a little bit. Peyton Manning's like, I don't know how Antoine Winfield Jr is going to feel about this stuff that you're saying about defensive players, but uh yeah, you know, I I what I did was I hadn't really watched it before. I watched it for the first half but not the second half. 'Cause I find myself not paying attention to the game. That's what happens, I'm paying I attention agree. To them. I agree. I'd rather have I'd r ra- I would i will take three hours of Peyton and Eli on a rewatch on Tuesday night. That that would be great because I've seen the game. You know, but maybe that's what I should just do is record it and watch it the next day as a separate experience. I just I want to watch the game. and so the game's fairly close at halftime. I am paying attention to the
3: game in the second half. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there. I think it, it does it does distract you a little. Uh, and of course they're entertaining and they're funny and they they bring up a lot of good points and talk some good football that yeah you find yourself kind of looking at them and going oh wait what happened like I missed that play uh, so yeah but either way cool I don't know maybe one day they'll be in the actual booth of Monday Night football doing you know some similar stuff
0: Eli's sneaky funny though he had a kind of a subtle Seinfeld reference when he made fun of Peyton for stretching the neck hole on his Mississippi jersey (laughs) yeah right and he and he went way back to Caddyshack with a you'll get nothing and like it so Eli I think is actually naturally funnier than Peyton I think Peyton has to work at it a little bit but Eli Eli is the guy who will will give you the little zinger from time to time and he did the double barrel middle fingers and I uh, they didn't do it last night. He did it a few weeks ago, and I regret mentioning that. And you're telling me Don't there's no
3: it. problem Don't. with doing that either, I guess. is what you're. Oh, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> look, they no, cut no, to I'm you. Saying, they were afraid. They I, cut yeah. to your single. <laughs> it's going to be a one-shot
0: <laughs> of me for the rest of the show. You will hear
3: him. I'm just the voice. I'm just him. the voice. <laughs> um,
0: I want to go back to, to, I mean, we're having some fun here yeah. as we set up the show. By the way, it's PFT Live. It's it's Peacock it, until tomorrow. It's NBCSN. <laughs> maybe not today. It's wherever podcasts can be found, which is maybe where we should be. YouTube, etc. And hello to our friends in the UK and in Ireland for our final program on Sky Sports NFL. <laughs> um, you, you said that the Saints basically dominated the game. What kept them, in your opinion, from having more than 13 points.
3: Well, I, I think the the two things that jump out to me, the personal fouls, right, at some really untimely like points in the football game. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, you got him backed up, especially early on with that great defense, you got him on the one-yard line. You know, yeah, I know D.K. Metcalf hit him in the head, too, and I, I hate that aspect of it, but, you know, I think it was the personal fouls and when they happened, and then, you know, I, I guess the uh, the next thing I would talk about is just, How about some of the drop passes, especially there? I think that was the third quarter. You know, there was two or three there that certainly would have put the Saints in the red zone in scoring position to take advantage of an opportunity there with a a Seattle offense that, you know, really did nothing other than an 84-yard touchdown on the fifth play of the game. I mean, it was Strugglesville for them, for sure. So that's where I just looked at it. And not that I'm sitting here saying, oh, the Saints should have blown them out, but you know, I, I thought through 58 minutes of the game, I was sitting there going, clearly the Saints are the better football team. I have no doubt about that. And I can't believe we're sitting here at a 10 10, you know, game right now. Or maybe it was, you know, three or four minutes left in the game. I was just shocked by that. Uh, but either way, never easy going there and winning a game. And the Saints are still tough. And I think a work in progress uh, as we see. And I would say. You know, keep your eye on them because they are going to be – I think they have a chance to be dangerous. I do. It's just uh, when will that happen and, and can they get it going here on the offensive side of the ball quick enough?
0: Well, and and what what disappointed me last night was they had two weeks to get ready for that game, two yeah. weeks in a day. Right. And I expected more of an offensive explosion. I yeah. expected something – not quite along the lines of 38-3 to week one in Jacksonville against the Packers, but I thought that they'd have more for a beleaguered Seattle defense, Yeah, even with the weather. And I'm struggling with the idea that maybe Jameis isn't the answer. Not that they should go to Taysom Hill, who is concussed currently and wasn't available last night. But Alvin Kamara, having him around helps. He had Definitely. 179 yards from scrimmage and a right. touchdown. Right. I just I, – I, there, there's clearly a difference between the way Jameis operates the offense and the way Drew Brees operated the offense. And I know having the deep ball in the repertoire is is important, but it just speaks even more to the greatness of Drew Brees that he was able to still make that offense go – Without the defense having to cover every blade of grass, as you like to say. Yeah. I just look at Jameis and sure. I watch Jameis and I think that the Saints are going to be in the mix for a veteran quarterback, a big name, possibly. Maybe that's where Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, goes maybe he wants out of Green Bay after the season. But I feel like I feel like the Saints are going to be in the mix. Maybe well, that's where Russell Wilson goes. Maybe the next. Well, that was he was on the. The Saints were on the list of the teams that his agent generated right. back in right. in February. Oh, my client doesn't want to be traded. But if he is traded, Cowboys, Bears, Raiders, Saints. Well, of the four right now, the place I'd want to go, number one based on what else they have is the Saints.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a spot open with the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. And, right. you know, yeah, I mean, the Bears, Raiders, no. Yeah, right. Saints, I mean, the Raiders situation, we'll see. I don't know. The Derek Carr, I know there's going to be the contract situation and all that. I Listen, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's, it's the number one question about their football team. I think, you know, two things, you know. First off, you're right about Drew Brees. They talked about it on the telecast a little bit. Hey, Jameis's short ball throwing is just not that impressive. It's not that accurate. You know, it, it, hey, for lack of a better way to really de- describe it or an analogy, hey, you're on a golf course, a little chip shot right, right off the green. It's just got to be a little short motion and boom, not a lot of moving parts. I mean, for him to throw shallow crosses and four- and five-yard routes sometimes, he still has to wind his arm up to do it. Uh, So, uh, there is that aspect that they miss within the offense. And then, you know, I also think he's playing ultra, ultra conservative too. I think he's very aware of like, wait, I I can't be, you know, Johnny turnover guy that I was in Tampa Bay. And I'm sure Sean Payton's all over him with that conversation as well. Hey, this play right there—I mean, that's another play. Just late, he was open in the middle throw. I don't—he's backpedaling while the guy's open. Still, so it's—it's a touchdown. There's just so many blown opportunities through the game. How about the first drive of the game with Traequan Smith running down the middle of the field? I believe it was Traequan Smith. They missed that post down the middle where he was kind of like looking at the receiver, like, "What is he doing?" But I think also, Mike, and I'm sorry, is just with Jameis, Yes. I think all the circumstances surrounding him, he feels the pressure. There was a few times last night I feel like he had people around his feet, and there's a guy open, and he wanted to throw it, but I think he heard Sean Payton on his, you know, right by his ear going, don't you do one of those dumb interceptions, and he just took the sack. So I think that's leaving a few opportunities on the field, let alone, as you saw last night, and you know this already, their wide receiving core is a work in progress. It's a work in progress right now. There's no go-to guy. They're missing Michael Thomas. You know, Callaway's young. There's no tight end presence. Traquan Smith just got back. I mean, Kenny Stills dropped a pass down the right sideline and would have been on the five-yard. line. I mean, it was in both of his hands. I don't know what what the hell happened. So they all got to pick it up a little bit in that department. But it does start with Jameis. You're right about that. Yeah, and Michael Thomas now is more than a week
0: past yeah, crazy. the opening of the possible window of returning from the physically unable to perform list. And during the main broadcast, and see, this is the problem with watching half Manning cast and half main broadcast, but I'm fairly can't certain forget. during <laughs> yeah. the main broadcast. What, what show that, was that? They, they, they pointed out, they tried to ask Sean Payton about when Michael Thomas is coming back, and he shut that down. He, nothing, he, he won't right. talk about it. That and, was the main
3: broadcast, right.
0: I, I mean, the cap the cap hit would be significant if they would trade him before next Tuesday, but um, y- you have to wonder what's going Seems on Seems weird, right? And you have to wonder when he's going to be back, because there is something weird. And they're, even though they smoothed it all over, he's still not back, and there's still no indication that he's coming back, and it's all because he delayed surgery until June, something he should have had in February or March he delayed until June, and we still wait for Michael Thomas to come back, and he got that huge contract a couple years ago, and there's been some friction since then. Definitely. And this goes back to the ankle injury he suffered week one of 2019. So it, it just feels like something's up there. There's just something that feels like the Saints are being held back. And when I see a team like that yeah, that barely beats an overmatched Seahawks right. on a night when I thought the Saints were going to come out and blow the doors off of them yeah. and turn their attention to the Buccaneers this Sunday— I wonder and I know that the Saints swept Tampa Bay last year in the regular season. I just wonder what's going to happen to the Saints when Tom Brady and company come to town on
3: Sunday. There's a chance it's not going to be pretty. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, we know Tampa is the real deal and their offense is as good as that Saints defense is. I don't care who you are. The the, the Tampa offense poses problems for any defense in football. I mean, it almost pro- pose problems for any defense in the history of football, as talented as they are, and with with Brady at the helm. So, yeah, you're right, and they're going to need more out of the offense. That's that's for sure, you know, and more out of the passing offense. As we know, if you want to take advantage of Tampa, for the most part, you're going to have to throw the ball on them a little bit, and that's it, you know, not easy task, certainly. But I wouldn't think you're going to be able to run the ball, and you're not going to be able to pin your game plan to, we're going to throw to Alvin Kamara 20 times out of the backfield. No way. Not with that linebacking group and how fast they are and everything there. They'll be all over that stuff. So you're right. A big challenge going forward for them. I got faith of them because of Sean Payton. I do. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of opportunities and plays that I thought were left on the field last night, whether it was wide receivers messing up, Jameis being you know inaccurate, or you know, even the last. Hey, Mike, the last third down of the game, another great example. And I, I you know, I don't know if we could pull that up at any point, but he's got the screen to Jawan Johnson, and they showed Sean Payton look like kind of yelling at Jameis, like, "What were you looking at?" Because it, he had it. I, all he had to do was kind of backpedal and drop the ball off to him, and it looked like he was going to score a touchdown. And uh, but, but nonetheless, I think he's a little playing a little scared right now because of his reputation and perception and I'm sure Sean Payton's beaten in his brain a little bit to where it's handcuffing him to a degree. At least it looks like that to me, just a little bit. I think that's
0: perceptive, and I think that's accurate because there are times when he seems, I don't want to say discombobulated, but it does seem like he's thinking about too much. You know, those short throws, if you're thinking too much, you are going to be potentially in a position where they're off target. You're trying to be too perfect with your short passes, I feel like he's always thinking about the opportunity to unleash that beautiful deep ball that we saw back in the preseason against the Jaguars. I feel like wherever that deep option is in the progression, he's drawn to that. Yeah, right. Because that's how he can show what he can do. And if you get one of those lightning strike moments, it won't necessarily break the back of the opponent, but it's an establisher yeah, sure. of Jameis right. can get it done. Right. And I feel like there's tension between him wanting to throw it deep and knowing that that he's expected to work these shorter areas, even if he doesn't enjoy it as much. It's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes tension. you know. I know I can work it short, but, man, I want to show what I can do. I'm out here under the lights. I want to show what I can do because I know I can throw that ball down the field and uh, that's something that's been missing from this offense and i i just i want i feel like yeah. in real time he, he wants that there, right. there's there's that there's that that back and forth that's kind of
3: rattling around in his brain yeah no I, I think he's fighting some demons right now and of course he's fighting for his nfl career he knows what it's at stake and that's okay and hey at the end of the day all that matters is they won he's 4 and 2 and if he can continue to improve and we can be sitting here in 2 months and then we're going Hey, look at the Saints—they're nine and four. We won't remember some of these throws he's missed, and you know maybe playing a little uptight early in the year. So he's got a chance to wipe our memory away a little bit. But it is, I, I'm not going to just put it all on him. It is the rest of the wide receiving core, you know. And again, it's Sean Payton. You and I know that that's a complicated offense. There's a lot of rules, you know. Young receivers, new quarterback. Uh, there's there's a there is a little bit of a learning curve there. And I think they're kind of going through it right now for sure. But thank God they got that defense because that defense, woo, was that impressive last night. I mean, Demario Davis, was that not like old school 1988 or 1985 linebacker play or Ray Lewis early career stuff last night? I mean, he was involved in every play, smash mouth football And I do enjoy watching the Saints beat the crap out of people. I do think it's fun, old school-wise.
0: Well, and
3: again, how much of that is the Saints' defense
0: developing? Right. And how much of it is Uh the Seattle offense without Chris Carson, Yep, without Rashad Penny, because Alex Collins was carrying the load and he couldn't get – it seemed like most of the time he'd get the ball and somebody was on top of him. Yeah, right. The offensive line's not good. Geno Smith – you know, we're just we're just two games away from Geno Smith having the ball in his hands, 84 yards and two minutes and nine seconds left against the Rams. And but for Tyler Lockett falling down, getting tripped up, getting right. shoved, whatever it was, the interception. Like we really thought Geno could drive him down the field last night when they got the ball back. It's like he's got no chance. No, he's no. got no chance. Yeah. And before you know it, it's fourth and 28. Right. I. I I don't know that Geno Smith is the answer at backup quarterback and the question is how many more of these games are they gonna have? How many more are they gonna lose? They're at two and five now. The window is closing. They lost four games all of last year. Yeah. They've lost five out of seven this year. And yeah. if Russell Wilson wanted out after they started five and oh and and finished twelve and four and made it to the playoffs, how's it gonna feel if they don't make it to the playoffs this year? Oh, I mean, How's it going to feel about staying right. in Seattle? You know, I can't help but wonder whether or not yeah. his agent rattles the cage behind the scenes for a trade between now and next Tuesday. Not that it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if the agent, and we may never know about this, but I wouldn't be surprised if the agent doesn't make some phone calls saying, you know, Russell wants to go somewhere where he's got a chance.
3: Not next year. He wants to go somewhere where he's got a chance this year, and he knows he's got no chance this year. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, you're right. I don't think that's happening. And that, it, Seattle's got no chance. I'm just gonna go out there and say it. I'll end the misery for all the Seattle Seahawks fans. There's just they're, go ahead and you got a hockey team, the Kraken. Yeah. Go ahead and enjoy your that's hockey right. team. Is enjoy that what you're your hockey. Exactly right. Because it's just not gonna happen. They're gonna be fun, and they're gonna continue to compete and play hard. I don't. I don't like doubt that about Seattle at all. But, you know, there, there's just too many issues. They're just not good enough, period. They're not. And, hey, I, you know, Geno's Gino's doing fine. You know, it, it's not all about Geno either. I'm going to stick up for Geno here a little bit just because, first off, you got to give the guy a damn chance, all right? I mean, you know, when the game plan sounds to be like, we just want to get into the fourth quarter in a one-score game. I mean, how many times did Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy say that the Seattle coaches told them that? I mean, what a crap way to do that. What a crap way to play quarterback for a team like that. Oh, great. We just want to be in the game with one score. That's all we want to do. We don't want to blow them out. We don't want to dominate. We don't want to push the envelope on offense. We just want to have a chance. Like, I don't know. It's hard to play quarterback in Seattle. They do nothing to get Geno Smith in rhythm. There's no creativity. The two best players on their team, minus Jamal Adams, are – D- or Lockett and Metcalf, and they do nothing to get them involved. They just go, you know, let's run it up the middle one more time, one more time, because you know we're so good at it. Let's do it again and give it to Alex Collins for another negative one game, negative one yard game. Like what? I you know, th- so I mean, damn! It just it's it's just a crap offense. It's a crap way to attack. It stinks to play quarterback. Oh, Gino didn't drive you down late in the game. Oh, because you did such a good job getting him in rhythm before that. I'm sure he felt really good and things were firing in all cylinders. You know, that's on the coaching staff too. You know, you're, you're, you know Ru- that's where Russell Wilson is magical because he's played in that kind of crap where it's like, take care of the ball, don't do anything. Hey, Russ, we're down by 14 in the fourth now. Can you take over? Okay, coach. And then he takes over. And to me, it's just not realistic unless you got somebody magical like Russell Wilson. And you have to wonder at 2 and 5. And
0: I'm going to go there. Sounds like it. How far do they go before we start wondering whether or not Pete Carroll is going to get nudged out the door? Is it this year? Is it next year? They're on Look, it's very easy to stay in a place indefinitely. And he's been in Seattle since 2010 and oh by the way, they've been good far more often than they've been bad. Especially since Russell Definitely. Wilson arrived. Definitely. And, sure. and you know what? You know what? Let's listen to Pete Carroll last night. I got some thoughts on something Pete Carroll said about Russell Wilson. Let's hear Pete Carroll after the game about the importance, as he is learning without Russell Wilson, of Russell Wilson.
1: I've been here a long time. And uh, if we didn't have Russell, I probably wouldn't have been here a long time. Is all the think of all the magic that he's created in, in the years he's got numbers and stats in fourth quarter this is the that's and all that stuff you know one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the nfl and uh and it'll be really fun when he comes back and plays football again for us this year and and uh you know we owe a tremendous amount you can see how hard it is you know i mean all of these games they all the rams game the the what was the next one the um Steelers, yeah, Steelers in this one. I mean, you know, Russell's a factor. <laughs> He's a fantastic positive factor and always has been. And, I mean, those are exactly his time. That, that's his time. I mean, that's when he shines. And, and um, so, you know, we miss him. And in the meantime, we're going to keep fighting and clawing and doing everything we can.
0: You know, I know it's a little too early to make this reference, but is this kind of like Scrooge waking up? After being visited by the ghost of Christmas future and seeing what life would be like without Russell Wilson and understanding you ain't going to last very long, Pete, in Seattle if you don't have Russ. So you better find a way to make him happy, whether it's financially, which they do whenever the contracts come due. Although I think the next one is going to require a financial commitment they may not want to make, but maybe they do. Maybe now Pete realizes, you know, we can't be grumbling about paying this guy $50 million a year. He's worth every penny. And also the idea of giving Russell what he wants offensively, having the help around him. The question is, has Ebenezer had his epiphany too late? Because it may not matter at this point. Because there has been shots of Russell on the sideline. There was one last week. Rich Eisen pointed this out on Twitter after he heard the play call in his earpiece. Yeah. He rolled his eyes. Right. Uh, you just have to wonder if if this experience on one hand is making Pete Carroll realize how badly he wants Russell and on the other hand it's making Russell realize how badly I got to get the hell out of here I got to restart my career somewhere if I want to win more Super Bowls
3: well it certainly doesn't look like the offense that we heard him you know send all his cryptic language and I think what he was telling people behind the scenes you know you know Super Bowl week, the week after the Super Bowl when he was on Dan Patrick, you know, all those conversations, right? I mean, from anybody that I've talked to that knows anything about the situation, and you know this too because you've heard the same type of stuff, uh, yeah, he wants it to be about him, and he wants a a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type offense where it's free-flowing and we're going to put pressure on you and I'm going to be able to throw strikes and lasers and I'll make some plays when those guys aren't open. And, it, I mean, Seattle shows no signs of going down that road. None. I mean, even before his injury, it was no signs of that at all. So that's got to be frustrating to him. It is. And, hey, Pete is a phenomenal coach. Of course he has. He's won a lot of great games. Hall of Famer, for sure. But, I, 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 you know, yeah, Russell's important. Unless you have the Legion of Boom and the most dominating offensive line with Marshawn Lynch in football – Then he's not as important. Okay, I get it. But that was like a special, special era with a special, special group of men that is not going to be replicated anytime soon. I mean, it was a defense that we've talked about a lot where it basically just said, we play this defense. We're better than you. Screw off. You're not going to do anything today. And then they went, and an offense. we're going to run it right here with Marshawn Lynch, and there's nothing you can do. Screw off. We're better than you. That day's done, and now it is too reliant on Russell Magic. I mean, it's the last few years, that's all it is, and I think that's why they also fizzle out in the playoffs because it's just there's not enough to offer there from the team, the defense, or the offense, and Russell just can't do it all when it comes playoff time against the Rams, who are the number one defense in football and coached to know all the tricks of the Seahawks and what they do on offense, and then they got more talent. Yes, it makes Russell look bad, and I'm sure he doesn't like that aspect of it at all. Yeah, I'm
0: looking at his, at his contract now. If they would trade him, they wouldn't take any extra cap hit beyond what they're already taking this year, but next year it would be $26 million in dead money for having Russell Wilson gone. Um, but at, look, I, I don't think they will trade him. I'm just saying behind the scenes, it won't surprise me if Mark Rogers doesn't make some some calls this week just to see if there's any way they could throw something together between now and next Tuesday, because why wait until after the season if this season is already lost? Because if a guy's talking about being legendary and iconic and building his legacy, you just had a team in town that would put you in a much better position to get to where you want to be. They're four, they're, they're. Four and two, yeah. Four and two. Right now, that the buys are yeah, the buys are they're are uneven. I know. right? They're four and two, right? And uh, and and you know, not not that, not that he would be able to play this weekend anyway, but he'd be there for the rematch with Tom Brady, in uh, uh, whatever week they get together again, the Saints and the and the Buccaneers. But much better chance of making the playoffs as a wild card, even if they can't get past the Buccaneers. And I just I can't help but think that. Sean Payton would be thinking, man, how much better would our offense be with Russell Wilson? And I can't help but think Russell Wilson thinking how much better off I'd be on a team like the Saints. Yeah. Um, And and you can't look. I know there's going to be people saying, oh, come on. This is all ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's never going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I think it's naive to believe that the thoughts aren't happening because we already know what the thoughts are. Because the thoughts became words yeah, and became actions. Real words, right? Before the season, no, I, and they're yeah. two and five. Right? They stink this year. Yeah. So it's going to exacerbate the problem. He can be. He can say in training camp, "I'm all in," and he can still say, "I'm all in." But he's smart enough and experienced enough to know that if I'm going to want out after the season,
3: why not see if there's a way to get out now? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Wouldn't blame him for it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not going to blame him for anything. No, I don't think it's in his character to quite do it yet. You know, I, I don't think he they're gonna. I don't think Seattle just knowing that you wouldn't
0: group, have thought it was in his character to go public with it this uh, offseason. You wouldn't have thought that uh, to go public
3: with it. Well, he's had a few moments of uh, cryptic language before, but that was definitely a little bit more than normal. you're right about that. I'm not going to push back too hard there, but. I'll go to this. I think this would be my main point about that conversation because you're right. I wouldn't be shocked if thoughts like that aren't going through his head right now. No doubt about it. You know, one, I just, Hey, I think he's probably just right now still going, wait, I just hope we can stay in this race and maybe we can get in it, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight and something like that. And I think that's what he, in his heart of hearts. But I think ultimately what it comes back to in the conversation is a little bit like what we talked about with Deshaun Watson, Right that Seattle's not going to want anything to go down right now. They're going to want they want if this if they're going to trade Russell Wilson or, or do any of that. They want after the year with as many bidders at the table as possible so they can maximize. You know, just for the you know, the exact reasons I think we hear Miami and Carolina involved with Deshaun Watson right now cuz they don't want to get to that point in the offseason where they're going, "Oh damn, there's seven other teams involved in this now." We're going to have to throw an extra first-round pick in for, for Deshaun Watson as compared to what we had to do in late October. And, I you know, I think that's what Seattle wants. They, if they're going to trade Russell Wilson, they're not going to do it right now to just, oh, this team needs them. They, they're going to want a bidding war so they can maximize and totally rehaul their football team. There's one
0: interesting twist potentially left in all of this on Sunday. The Seahawks welcome to town Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence – and if somehow the Seahawks would lose to the Jaguars, oh my gosh! Who, coming off their bye, and yeah. who knows? Maybe Urban, you know, didn't take a couple of days off during the extended break and took full advantage of the opportunity to he was get his grinding, team ready to go play the Seahawks. <laughs> that will be fine. But uh, but and, and Urban Meyer actually <laughs> has been very very reliant on Pete Carroll. He's hired Pete Carroll assistants. Yeah, we see that in, right. Schottenheimer and Bevel yeah. talks to Pete Carroll, I'm, I'm told, you know on a regular basis. Talks to him far more than he talks to Bill Belichick, who was supposedly you know, his good friend before coming to the NFL. But maybe they got a little inside information on how Pete Carroll was going to run the offense, and maybe they understand without Russell Wilson they're vulnerable. If they would lose that game to the Jaguars, and there's still 48 hours left or thereabouts in the trade window, you just wonder what kind of accelerated effort there would be by Russell Wilson. I mean, if you fall to 2-6 and – with a loss to the Jaguars.
3: Isn't that the get-me-the-hell-out-of-here moment? It certainly is like, whoa, it would be the moment where you're going, wait, things are going south here in a hurry. And I think it would be the moment where you'd look at it and just go, where are we going? Like, what is the team? What, what, what is it? What, what, I don't know. I think that's the question with Seattle right now, just going forward, like, What's the vision of the team? I, I, I really don't know where it's going to go. The offensive line is a patchwork. You know, yeah, Dwayne Brown's, you know, getting up there in age. You got the two receivers and Russell Wilson. Chris Carson's a good player, but as we know, hey, he's a running back and he's a car crash running back, and we're starting to see that catch up to him just a little bit here the last two years. But, and then on the defense, you know, no real marquee defensive lineman. Hey, I know they got Bobby Wagner, but it's coming to the end for him. Jordan Brooks, a good player. Corners, they got nothing really, nothing, and they got two good safeties. So it's just like I don't know where or how fastly they can rebuild it and get them back under the level of a team like the Rams or the Cardinals. You know, I don't know. Again, and, and you know, last year I know they were twelve and four. I get it, and they're not that far off. And and people can push back with that, but even then, you know, it was a it was a weird twelve and four. And it was still a lot of Russell Wilson magic making things happen. And when the NFL caught up a little bit to, oh, let Russ cook, and this is what they're doing, we talked about it a lot, right, last year. That's why you're nodding your head. I mean, it just stopped right there. It just wasn't creative enough. There wasn't enough going forward. Uh, so it, it is definitely interesting, and we'll see where it all goes. But uh, I, I hear your points, and I think there is something to it uh, at some point here. I just think it'll be after the year. And they were one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, not even close. Losing home competitive in that game, right.
0: And they haven't been to the NFC Championship since 2014. The year that they made it back to the Super Bowl and lost on the Malcolm Butler play, they haven't been back to the NFC Championship since then. And it's weird to think because they're competitive every year. Yeah. Even the year they didn't make the playoffs, they were 9-7. and Right. But I gotta be a lot of thoughts going on in russell wilson's head as he watches this thing disintegrate and we had the schedule up after the bye oh you get to play the packers and the cardinals in back to back weeks have fun with that given where the packers and the cardinals currently are combined record of 13 and one and they play each other this week so one of them has a loss coming up or maybe both have a tie Let's go ahead and take a break, Unless, let me just do this. Yeah. I'll open it to you. Anything else, any business that we didn't get to? We kind of were all over the place, but I think we hit a lot hit of it good off. things yeah. in addition to your blatant profanity. Is there anything else other than additional profanity that you would like to add to this conversation?
3: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we hit it all. I think we hit all the important things on the Saints' offense and defense and the struggles of the Seahawks, and maybe if we didn't do one thing, we should just say – Alvin Kamara is freaking awesome. Okay. Maybe that's one guy we should just give a little bit more love to because man, he was he was the Saints offense last night. And what an incredible skill set he has. That would be the last thing I say. Man, he runs tough, he's quick, he's an unbelievable route runner. Uh just he's a lot of fun to watch.
0: And you know, he got paid before the 2020 season. Yeah. Several months before that, Christian McCaffrey got that huge contract. And I remember a time early in their respective careers when everybody was like, oh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. And certain people who are pro Camara would point out, when you look at per touch, Uh when you look at per rep, when you look at role in offense, Camara's actually better. And who's been phenomenal the last two years and who's been injured most of the last two years? Now, it's not not Christian's fault. The position is inherently dangerous. This isn't a guy who's... Holding on to the ball for too long like a quarterback because, as a running back, you do hold on to the ball for too long. It's what you do. Stuff happens. But the last two years, uh, clearly Kamara's better because Kamara hasn't had, and I don't want to jinx him by saying it, but Kamara hasn't had the misfortune that we've seen chronically happen to Christian McCaffrey. So the Saints getting a much better return on the second contract of Kamara than the Panthers are on the second contract of. Christian McCaffrey did the fan who got Brady's 600 touchdown pass get a fair return on his decision to hand it back it's one of the biggest stories in the NFL which is Shereen Williams said yesterday on PFTPM it just shows you how weak of a weekend it was for NFL action but still still we got to play the hits we're gonna have a little conversation about the 600th touchdown ball and how Brady got it back and whether the guy should have gotten more when PFTPM or PFT live. I got my shows. Come on. on. It's me. G continues right after this
2: around any corner within every battle. And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait, but Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.
1: Well, getting the ball was really cool. Uh, I don't normally sit in the front row, so I've never gotten the ball before. Um, And then giving it up was tough. Uh, The trainer came over and asked for it. But uh, what am I going to do, say no to Tom Brady? Uh, So he asked for the ball back. Uh, I didn't
3: really need the ball. It was cool, I got to hold it, take pictures with it, all that sort of stuff, and then Tom Brady wanted it, so I gave it back. Um, did you have to think
1: twice about it?
3: Did- I told him, I told the trainer no twice, but finally I said yes. And
1: so how did he convince you?
3: He just asked a couple times. He said Tom Brady really wanted it. I was able to take pictures, all that sort of stuff. Um, he said Tom Brady might come over and say hey, thank me. Uh, so
1: hopefully I'll get to shake his hand at least.
0: Byron Kennedy did not simply return a football to Tom Brady. He handed roughly $500,000 back to Tom Brady because it was the first Tom Brady touchdown pass to Terry Glenn in 2001 that was thrown into the stands, captured by a fan, kept for 20 years, and sold for auction earlier this year for $425,000. And there was an estimate over the weekend that this ball would be worth $500,000. Like right now, right? Well, and and you know what? The story, the fact that they tried to get it back, and if there would have been a little bit of a, even more of a controversy that emerged over it, it's it's maybe even more valuable yeah. than what it would have been because it became kind of a national thing. Right. I, look, look. And Tom Brady joked about it last night on the Manning cast. The guy gave up his leverage when he gave the football back. How are you going to negotiate the best possible terms for something you've already done. You've already done it. He already has the ball. So we can say, well, I'd like a little bit more. Well, we don't want to give it to you. What are you going to do about it? We have the ball. He should not have given back the ball. And I know there's purists out there that think, oh, you should give it back. It means a lot to Tom Brady. Well, then then Tom Brady should have told everyone on the team, when I get 600, give me the ball. Mike Evans should have known. Everybody out there should have known, don't go give this ball to a fan if we score a touchdown, if I throw a touchdown pass. Don't do it. So here's what he got, Chris. Here's what the guy got instead. Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. Signed Mike Evans' jersey and game cleats. $1,000 credit at the team store. Gee, wow. Oh, you're giving our own money back to us. Two season passes for the remainder of this season and next. The fact that they gave him that much – is a recognition of how valuable the football was. And it's also a recognition, and I've looked at their season ticket terms, their game ticket terms. There's nothing in there that would have allowed them to strong arm him to give the ball back, even if they would have chosen to do it. That was his ball the moment that Mike Evans gave it to him. He shouldn't have given it back. He could have given it back later. He shouldn't have given it back in the moment. What I would have done if I'd have gotten that ball, I'd have gotten the hell out of there game's over. I'm done. This guy just gave me a half million dollars. (laughs) See ya. I'll, I'll I'll come watch another game in the future.
3: <laughs> I know that's what you would do. You'd have been you'd have had two hands on the ball going up. Gone. To the, see ya. Gone. He gave me a half he million dollars. He could go all the gone. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I listen. I understand it, and it's a nice compensation package they gave the guy. But there needs to be more. I do think that. I mean, I, I do. I, your your point is very real. It's 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 at least a half a million dollars. Let alone maybe sit on it for a few years. And who knows what how much it would be five, ten years down the road. It goes beyond Tom Brady artifact. That's where I think this is a little different. That's where it's, it's more special. And this is an NFL artifact. This is Hall of Fame artifact type of stuff here we're talking about. You know, the only quarterback to ever throw for 600 touchdowns in a career. Here you go. It's Canton type of stuff there. So that's where... You know, uh, yeah, I'd like to see the Bucks do a little bit more for the guy. I would. You know, what are two season passes? Does that mean tickets or does that mean just like passes he gets to walk around? Yeah, no, no, you get no, you get that's assume it it's tickets. they call that's what they call season okay, tickets. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. But, but
0: we yeah. we heard him we heard yeah. him on the way back in. He told the trainer no twice. And that's why my advice would have been get the hell out of there because you're in a moment where it's awkward. You're yeah, being sure. the jerk. Right. The greatest of all time wants the ball back. What if other people start to realize what's going on hey why is that guy over here at the wall oh yeah they want that football back he's not giving it back give that ball back you're being a jerk give that ball back Tommy wants the ball hey and then you got to worry about getting you know getting beat up on your way out after the game that's why you get something like that not 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 that you know something like this is ever going to happen again but man and maybe he didn't even have any idea the significance of it you gotta get the hell out of there. You just have to get up and leave the moment you have that ball. It's your ball at that point. I tried to do some research last night because I'm not an expert in Florida personal property law. I don't think there's any argument they could have made that he had to give that ball back. No. Once Mike Evans comes over and hands it to him, right. it's done.
3: Yeah. It's over. Right. It's
0: his at that point.
3: No, I, I I agree with you. I I don't see how that would be, you know, even a, a point of argument. I I there's no jurisdiction there. I've never heard of that. You're right. It was given. It was truly handed. We got video evidence. We all saw it. Um, And you're right about the public pressure. You just feel the pressure from, of course, yes, it's Brady. The ball boy wants it. I'm sure some fans were saying some things in the background. Uh, So they they need to up the ante a little bit. I I agree with that all the way. This is a big deal. And, I mean, I guess what I really want to say, too, is like, how big of a deal was it for Brady? Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, mean, I know it's like 600 touchdown passes, and nobody's ever done it. But uh, is that one that he's really going to care about when it's all said and done? He I, he said he doesn't keep a lot of things. But that's I know one that he wanted. He wanted that. Okay, all right. I didn't know. I didn't hear him say that quote. So okay, that's that's hard to argue that point right there. Uh, I'd like to see them sweeten the pot, regardless. No, no matter what.
0: For all we know, for all we know, he's the one who went through a third party secretly to by the, the 425,000 first touchdown pass ball. We don't know. We don't know. And look at it. Every other week I get a notice about some Tom Brady football card that's going for seven figures. So th- th- there's real value in these artifacts. And Byron, you should have gotten the hell out of Dodge. That's what you should have done. Take a page out of the Urban Meyer playbook and get out of Dodge the moment you got that ball. That was a half million dollar mistake. And he wanted to golf with Tom Brady. That was the one oh, thing I he asked that. for That's around right, the golf right, with Tom Brady. Right? There, I didn't see it on that list of stuff he's getting. <laughs> I, I really do think. For the same reason the guy would have been pressured to give the ball back, Tom Brady needs to be pressured to, to at, at least give the guy what he wants. Golf with the guy. He gave you back a half-million-dollar football, and he's hardly getting peanuts in return yeah. in comparison. I, no,
3: I think that's a real, that's a real point. And, oh, yeah.
0: he got a Bitcoin, too. Tom Brady pointed out last night during the Manning cast that he gave him a Bitcoin, and Peyton changed the subject real quickly. I have a feeling that Tom didn't pay for the Bitcoin. I have a feeling that his compensation for the free Bitcoin that he gave to Byron Kennedy was mentioning Bitcoin on the ESPN two broadcast. I really do. The way that Peyton just pivoted away from that. So whoa!
3: All right, 60- anyway. Anyway. Pete. Pete dumb a little little little, 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 little little. Just said it's it's a uh, sixty-two thousand dollar Bitcoin or whatever. Which it's so volatile, though. Maybe thirty thousand. Yeah, by the end of the week. Uh, yeah. Right. So I. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but okay. Either way. But you're right. The guy made a mistake. He felt the pressure. He buckled. And as much as he probably got heckled or had a few people heckling him during the game, he's getting heckled more now because his friends he's are like, dude, the dude rest of what the hell were life. you thinking? What were you thinking, dude? That's what he's going to hear from his friends forever. Every time he drinks a beer with his, his buddies. <laughs> I
0: don't know if the guy's married, but Mrs. Byron Kennedy... <laughs> Anytime they go shopping for houses or just browsing through, you know, where, Uh, oh, look at this house. Boy, we could afford it if we had an extra Um, (laughs) $500,000. You're right. (laughs) uh, Another transaction far less significant that happened yesterday. The Eagles dumped Joe Flacco for a conditional sixth round pick to the New York Jets. I don't know why the New York Jets didn't have a veteran quarterback on the roster well before yesterday. Even if you're going all in with Zach Wilson from day one, you have to account for the possibility he's going to get injured, and Mike White is not the answer. James Morgan, they burned a fourth-round pick on him last year. He's long gone. This was way too late, and I think the Jets resisted this as long as they could because they didn't want to admit that they screwed up yeah, right. and didn't have a veteran. Right. But they finally realized we just we you know this this kid's going to be out. We cannot put Mike White out there as our starter during
3: the period of time that Zach Wilson isn't available to play with the PCL injury. No, I, I think you're exactly right. I, I you know they tried to you know get they got Josh Johnson right late in training camp. I think to kind of have that type of guy, but realize like. You know that's just not going to fly right now. He's getting up. But there what in type years. of guy is that? I know. What type of guy is Josh it Johnson? just settles... a chronic backup who never plays. I am yeah. talking about
0: somebody with real I experience. Know.
3: No, you are right. It just, it just, it settled the headline of you need a veteran presence behind. That was the only thing it did. You are right. It did nothing else. So that's where they came to the realization uh, uh, after the injury that yeah, they do need somebody, and they don't want their season to totally fall apart here. And that's you know again. They're a one win team. They're rebuilding. It's a new coaching staff on both sides of the ball. And you don't want to go through a funk here of like, whoa, we got less than average backups and we're getting blown out in four, or five straight games here without Zach Wilson. We're not even competitive. We're not even in the game. That will look bad on everybody. The coaches, the management, you know, the front office, all those guys. So, uh, Joe Flacco going back to back to Jersey, back to the Jets and you know hey the one thing you ever i ever hear about joe and whether he was with the jets or even this year in philadelphia he still can throw it he can still throw it with the best of them people are so impressed with his arm and of course he's played a lot to your point and you know he'll be able to learn the offense and get up to speed in a hurry and he is one of the rare franchise quarterbacks and he
0: was I know people don't want to believe it now it became a whole big thing is Joe Flacco elite I mean he won a Super Bowl he was a Super Bowl MVP he was the highest paid quarterback in football two different times and he still is here he loves the game enough that he's willing to take a back seat he's willing to be the backup he's willing to take whatever they'll pay him to keep playing I don't think many guys who have been at the top of the mountain are willing to humble themselves just to stay around the game, and I respect him for doing that. Now he's going to get a chance to play a little bit, and every time he gets a chance to play, it may be the last time. So I kind of like that he's still around, and I like that the Jets have done this. I just wish they would have done it a lot sooner. They should have been the ones trading for Gardner Minshew. I mean, what made the Eagles – in a position where they could move on from Flacco, is they got Gardner Minshew, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't start hearing from some Eagles fans who want to see what Gardner Minshew can do for a team
3: that is sinking. That's the point. I think that's exactly probably why they didn't trade him, because they they realize that they might be going down the road here of, you know, yeah, we'll give Jalen Hurts a little bit more time, but, I mean, you know, it's fairly obvious, I think, to this point, through this point of the year, that he does not look like he's the answer for the Philadelphia Eagles going forward, at least in my eyes. Yeah, so you might see a Gardner Minshew appearance here at some point. But, um, yeah, Joe Flacco, listen, I, I I echo what you say. I respect, you know, the, the humble part of how he's always approached the football game. When he was in his prime, he was way better than people want to give him credit for, and it was not easy playing quarterback in Baltimore. It's a little bit like we talked about earlier with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Like, it's just like it was all about the defense – You know, it was all about the run game. But then we got in the playoffs and, whoa, we're playing some good teams. Damn, Joe, we need you to throw strikes and lasers. And he did that a lot. I mean, I don't care. You know, he went to the playoffs, what, his first five years of his career? First six years of his career? And if people think he was just handing it off and doing all that, you're you're crazy. He was not. I witnessed a lot of it. I mean, he was making a lot of big plays and a lot of big throws and was a big part of winning some of those playoff games. Uh, So, yeah, maybe not – superstar but he was real real damn good for for a long time the uh 49ers starting
0: quarterback currently not real good it's Kyle Shanahan who has made Jimmy Garoppolo the guy for this week and Shanahan said yesterday I don't think we have the sound but Shanahan said yesterday on Garoppolo we didn't go into the Colts game thinking Jimmy was one game away from losing his job Trey Lance hasn't practiced in two weeks so when he does come back he'll probably be limited as it is odds are when it comes to the game plan you're not going to start rotating quarterbacks because it's not an open competition right now and Shanahan said after the game on Sunday night, "I guess Jimmy will be the starter." They announced yesterday that Garoppolo will be the starter. They look—they're two and four. They—they've lost four in a row after that two and zero oh start. They had the two East Coast games, Detroit and Philly. Stayed in West Virginia the week in between. So much for the Greenbrier being a house of horrors. They should maybe relocate there all year. They only win when they stay at the Greenbrier between games. They're zero oh and four since then. And uh, I I don't know how this gets any better, and I I don't know how far it goes beyond the quarterback, but clearly Garoppolo isn't the answer. I know it was wet and it was rainy, but he looked horrible on Sunday night. And Carson Wentz didn't look much better, but the Colts went in there and beat them, and they were a desperate team. I was so concerned about picking the Colts to win that game, because the 49er desperation level I thought would kind of do what it did for Cleveland on Thursday night. This is your kick in the ass. It's win now, or or start thinking about the rest of the season is just kind of, you know, playing out the string and waiting for 2022. So I don't know what they do.
3: What's your thought on what they should do moving forward? Well, I mean, right now I think, you know, of course, Trey Lance isn't healthy. So there's not much to talk about there, let alone it's a guy that hasn't got a ton of reps. We know he's raw. So I think they're going to, you know, before they even think about throwing him back into the ring there, uh, they're going to want him to be back 100% healthy, and probably get some practice time back underneath his belt before they just go. Hey, wait, you're healthy. You're gonna play this week. You know, then you're setting yourself up for disaster there. If you do that, in my opinion, because he's not going to be ready to go. And then if he throws three interceptions, he gets hurt again. It's going to look really bad on Shanahan and Lynch. So they got to be careful about how and when, you know, they they throw Trey Lance out there. But like your point about Jimmy Garoppolo, real. I mean, it's it's hey injury again. The first two wins of the year were solid. It just hey, Detroit was a solid win. Eagles game was not good at all. Then it was what? Green Bay. He played really good in the second half of that football game, right? Seattle. He gets hurt again, and now it's like, well, I, you know, we gotta wait for him to get totally healthy. And it was not good the other night. You're right about that. I mean, one team had a quarterback who could throw the ball on third down. One team had a quarterback and an offense that would throw the ball down the field and outside the numbers, and you know, that, that's where Garoppolo hurts them. And, and Shanahan, I think, a little bit plays into that because he's always designing plays over the middle. I wish he would throw the ball outside the numbers a little bit more, but he's probably scared to because of plays like this. When you throw a weak, you know, 87 mile per hour change up out there. Yeah. DB's Xavier Rose, they're going to make plays on it. So that's where they're in a tough spot right now. And there's Yeah, there's uh, some issues there for this 49ers football team. I mean, that's a quacker right there.
0: Look, I still don't understand any of the decisions the 49ers have made as it relates to quarterback dating back to passing on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in 2017. But uh, the the whole Trey Lance thing, right? You've You've got a quarterback already in Jimmy Garoppolo whose career has been derailed by injury. Why do you ultimately invest three first-round picks and a third-round pick in a mobile quarterback and you're going to have this transformation on how you view the position and you want a guy who's going to run it now? There are quotes from Kyle Shanahan back in training camp. He'll yeah. know when to run. He'll know when to protect himself. He needs to learn those things. And then he starts one game and he's out for two weeks and counting with a knee injury. I It, it would seem that they... And this gets back to the whole, did they really want Mac Jones when they traded up? And I know that you believe they did. Mac Jones... Is healthy right now, even though he got drilled into the into the yeah. turf nine days ago by Randy a lot, Gregory. Right. It, w- it wasn't while he was running the ball. Yeah, you, you, you If you're worried about your quarterback staying healthy, why do you give up all those assets to draft a guy who you expect to run when you know that running is the quickest way to get yourself injured?
3: Yeah, uh, listen, it's it's certainly a, a big question. You know, I I think you know a lot of things probably came into play. Of course, they liked Trey Lance. So I think they liked his you know ceiling. His high end ability there, which I understand. You know, I think there's an aspect of Shanahan, and I think he's alluded to this a little bit of just staying ahead of the curve with offense a little. He's got a lot of tentacles as far as his ex coaches around the league who are running his stuff. You know, so I think there's that aspect where, yeah, not only does he have ex coaches out there in the league running his stuff, but because he's been the man about game planning and running plays and play action for so long too. Just like everything else, the league has stolen a lot of those ideas. Even not ex coaches. You know, they've gone and go, Well damn, we played the 49ers last week. Look at those four plays Shanahan has. That's that's awesome. Ooh, that was smart. Let me put it out in my playbook. So that of course hurts Shanahan a little bit because now teams are seeing a few Shanahan plays on a weekly basis. So I think all of that played into it, but I think at the same time, and I think I've said this before, I don't think he's giving himself enough credit in, in that category. You know, Again, we see tentacles of coaches go everywhere. They're never as good as the master. They're never as good as the master. They're not. These coaches are smart. They don't let all their assistants in on all the tricks. They don't know that. I mean, does Shane Waldron look like Sean McVay up there in Seattle right now? Absolutely freaking not. Absolutely not, because he doesn't know what in went into making the donuts every day. You know, he doesn't know. He just he he he, he thinks he knows to a degree because he was in the game plan meeting with with McVay. But he wasn't in McVay's office with the door locked while he was studying film coming up for why the rhymes and reasons happen, And that to me is where Shanahan sold himself short on this like, oh, I don't want Mac Jones because the, the league might catch up to my offense and stuff. You know, I, I think he still would have been plenty fine and had more ideas along the Drew Brees and drop back pass stuff that would have helped everything out and then made the run game just as effective too. I sense? just
0: don't understand. Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. And I don't understand. I, I don't I don't get it where you become disenchanted with Jimmy Garoppolo. So we need to upgrade. And oh, there went Matthew Stafford to the Rams. And we would like to have been in on that. But we didn't even get a chance because, you know, it was kind of an inside job yeah, between right. Brad Holmes and Les Snead. It's not like they and, and the Rams needed a place where they could dump Jared Goff. And they found the place where they could dump Jared Goff. And it worked out perfectly. But we know that they called about getting Aaron Rodgers the day before the draft, and it wasn't some yeah. lark, right? They, they wanted Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and they wanted an immediate upgrade to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how you go from wanting an immediate upgrade to the guy who can't get you where you want to be to giving up all that stuff for a guy who needs two or three years when the window is open now, the, the time is now. That's what I don't understand because I get so much pushback from 49ers fans who don't want to accept the reality that they've screwed up their quarterback position. Well, you know, he needs some time to develop. That's fine. Your team is good now. Yeah, that's right. You could have taken somebody with a 12th overall pick that would help you win now. You could have kept your two first-round picks and your third-round pick. You could have used that third-round pick on a guy who will help you win now. I don't understand why they gave up so much for a guy who at best is going to become a great quarterback, maybe at a time when, well, we can't pay Nick Bosa, we can't keep this person, can't keep, got too many people to pay. You never know when you're going to have the table set for a great team. It changes quickly. Look at the Chiefs. Yeah. It changes quickly. It does. And it's just weird. I don't understand it, Chris. That's, that's the thing. I don't understand it. I, I feel either, like they Mike. outsmarted themselves. Yeah. And I feel like people are going to end up paying for it with their jobs at some point.
3: Well, I, I don't understand it either. I do. And, you know, of course, yeah, he's my friend. That's one I don't get. I don't. And he's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach and offensive mind. He is. And even even his influence on the defensive side of the ball is real. That's where he's good, but you alluded to it, I think he's made one one mis- or one positional mistake his whole time in in San Francisco. and I think it's it's caused them some issues and you know for the first time ever we're, you know I think the 49er fans are a little impatient because of the optics how you've explained with the, the, the draft this year and the quarterback situation. You know, because of like what you talked about, the Watson Mahomes conversation there and when they drafted Solomon Thomas, that's a real thing. And, you know, added to that, you know, I think his, his faith in some, what I would just say, less than average backups have really led to some bad things. I mean, that, that to me, Nick Mullins is not even an NFL quarterback. He's a third stringer. He's a practice squad guy. They rode with him and he messed up a lot of games because of it. Same with C.J. Bethard early on in his career, so that position has really been a thorn in his side. And you know, when you're an offensive coach, of course, that gets accentuated even more, and more of a microscope's on it. And now everybody's questioning that type of stuff with with Shanahan. Yeah, you know, when when Carson Wentz had the weird pass the other night that went right to
0: the 49ers player, I almost tweeted, Nick Mullins says that's my move. But uh, I yeah, I, look, they, they, they have had issues and. I don't know if you and I have talked about this on the air or off the air, but you know it reminds me of the Gruden-Mayock vibe before all the stuff happened with Gruden, obviously, but it felt like Mayock was the one that was going to take the fall for the chronic issues, even though Gruden runs the show, and I feel like even though Kyle runs the show, John Lynch at some point is going to be the first one to go, and they're going to go out and try to hire a GM who's going to do a better job of helping Kyle set the table, and maybe do a better job of being Kyle's conscience in a good way. Because I feel like I feel like whoever's talking Kyle out of doing the things he wants to do is doing him a disservice, frankly. So maybe you need somebody else there to be the balance against Kyle. Because Bill Belichick needed that balance. Sure. He needed somebody to push back. Sure. Kyle needs somebody to push back. Yeah. I just don't know that the— that John Lynch is the right guy to push back because something's not working. And trust me, before Kyle goes, because Kyle's here and John Lynch is here, before Kyle goes, Lynch is going to be gone. And it's just something we need to start thinking about. I know John Lynch may not like hearing that, but it's something you got to start thinking about because the 49ers, you take away 2019,
3: this five years has not been good. No, I, I, I get it. I, it, it's, it's, it's a less than. There's a lot of impressive things about the football team, but again, I think it just goes right back down to the quarterback like you talked about. And that's why even with those struggles with Nick Mullin and C.J. Beathard, I think the fan base could get behind it because they kept going, damn, look at our offense, though. We're making it work with that guy. I mean, remember, Nick Mullins at one point in his first 10 or 12 starts was like – what was the stat? It was like most passing yards or – It was like he was up there with the greats of all time, and people were like, maybe he's the answer. And I was like, what? I mean, Shanahan's designed 97 million plays to him throw it three feet in front of him and get the guy open. Like, are you kidding me? But, of course, people caught on to that, and he'd always mess up a game in the end or a big situation, and they didn't win those games. You know, that's Shanahan magic. He's capable of a lot, but uh, certainly, yes, has not had the best luck or thoughts when it comes to the quarterback situation. I, I can't defend that a whole lot. All right, let's take a break. When we return, some talk about another quarterback who
0: likely is going to be traded at some point in the next week. We know the two favorites. We may spitball a little bit on some teams that may want to think about getting involved as the auctioneer is about ready to bang his gavel. We'll talk about that next year on PFT Live.
1: I know there was a report out there. Uh, you guys know that wasn't for me. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I really have nothing to, nothing to, nothing to add to that. You know, my focus is on this team and uh, we're a three and four football team right now. And uh, we've got to find a way to win this week. So my, my focus is on uh, learning from yesterday and then getting ready for this week. Um, with that being said, um, you know, uh, Sam, Sam will start a quarterback this week. Um, you know, I've, I've Said to you guys that there's going to be some high moments and some low moments. Uh, I think how he responds this week is going to be important uh, for him and to our team. Um, and I, I think I made the right decision yesterday. To be quite honest with you, um, you know, it wasn't good enough.
0: Matt Rule, Panthers coach, benched Sam Darnold on Sunday. They, they, look, they're one of the teams. That is closing in on trying to get Deshaun Watson. It's the Dolphins and it's the Panthers. And it could be done as soon as today to Miami. If it's Carolina, I think it may take a little bit longer. But Miami is Deshaun's first choice, but it could pivot to Carolina, Chris. And if, if you listen carefully to what Matt Rule said and what he didn't say, I mean, it's not his call. This is David Tepper. These are ownership-level calls. These are decisions that are made at the highest levels of a franchise, and they are made with the idea of getting a franchise quarterback in mind, and I don't think Matt Rule would complain about upgrading from Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker to Deshaun Watson if that's the way it plays out. But this isn't something that Matt Rule is going and banging on David Tepper's door saying, get me Deshaun Watson. It's the other way around. And I think Rule took the job knowing we're doing what we can to find a franchise quarterback. And, you know, it's for, for all the good decisions David Tepper has made in business, the money he's thrown away on Teddy Bridgewater and now Sam Darnold just shows you he's he's desperate to find a guy. Who's going to be the long term answer?
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that's why Matt Rule probably took the job, though. He knew David Tepper was going to be aggressive and do what needed to be done to to make the team successful, right? They're building that you know big new facility, uh, I believe, right in South. Is it you know at least close Rock Hill, to, Rock Hill, exactly South right. Carolina, yeah, yep. South Carolina. So hey, he's he's given them the resources, but yeah, quarterback's an issue. It is. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Hey, I'm, I'm going to sit here. and I was a guy that was defending Sam Darnold. No doubt about it. I thought it would be better. I would. You know, and 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 I think, you know, Pete or even you would back up a little bit, even through the three wins. I was a little bit like, man, it still wasn't great. It was, there was some, some plays being missed and now it's really fallen off. Let alone, I think really, if, if you watched film with me over the last few weeks, you'd go, man. People are all over Joe Brady's offense too. Now there's no defending this. Like like Drew Brees, he 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 broke that down on Football Night in America. I mean that was just a stupid decision. I don't know what else to say here. But they're having offensive issues all over the place. There's no doubt, and I understand them wanting the upgrade. Um, but the big thing here, that's different here? I mean again, look how many people are around these receivers. I just that's where I think we got to look at it too. Yes, yeah, Sam Darnold's not great. But well, look how many plays we showed where it's four defenders around people. So that's where I'll defend Sam Donald a little bit. But he's not Deshaun Watson. I know that. Deshaun Watson's the man. And I, I, to me, is the big question is like, it, it just sounds like from the people I know, Watson wants the Dolphins and he doesn't want Carolina. That's that's a little I know about the situation a little bit. And I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to, to hear that. You know, it's so strong in the favor of the Dolphins over Carolina, who's got a lot of things you would like, if I'm a quarterback at least.
0: Well, and and yes, he does want the Dolphins, and it could still pivot to the Panthers. And, you know, he's the guy who's got the no-trade clause, and he's got to ultimately decide yeah. which team he's going to waive it for. And uh, now, now, my understanding is – that there are still other teams that are talking to the Texans, but they're so far behind where the Dolphins and the Panthers are. My understanding is the Dolphins and the Panthers basically have packages in place that the Texans would take. It just comes down to what the Deshaun wants to do. And I feel like this is getting done by next Tuesday. They're not going to kick this beyond the trade deadline because the, the, the kid wants to play football. He wants to play. And they don't want him showing up next Wednesday saying, Hey, here I am. Let's go do this thing because they don't want him to get injured during the back half of a lost season when they know they're going to trade him in March anyway. So I think, you know, and I read between the lines on a lot of this stuff and no one's going to come out and say it. I think they told him they were going to trade him. And, you know, we heard a lot of, we're taking it day to day back in September. Right. Right. I, I think, I think that they've been doing what they can to keep him on board with their patience. And now it doesn't matter whether or not patience runs out. The trade period runs out, so it's. I think it's going to happen. The question like, is where. Right now, the Broncos and the Eagles were the other two teams that have been linked to him. Mort reported on Sunday that the Eagles are out, and you know he may not want the Eagles. There's been reporting to that effect. I, if if there's an, is there? I, I've been trying to. Yeah, brainstorm. look at
3: another team.
0: Because because the Dolphins aren't good. What's he going to do if he comes in? Assuming the league lets him play this year, that's a different issue altogether that we may or may not have time to get to. But the, the league's got to decide whether to let him to play. Right. You know, Carolina, it's not like they're all of a sudden going to be great. They have issues there, although their defense is good. You know, I, I keep going. What? It's a lot
3: to do in a short time to do it. I don't know. If I'm the Browns, I'm kind of intrigued by Deshaun Watts. Mm, it's interesting. It's an interesting thought. I I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I just, again, I, I you know, th- that would be just risky in the fact of where do you believe your team is? Where do you think they're going this year, right? So that's where they got to get to to at least that conversation. Hey, listen, I mean, I think any team around meddling around 500 probably just crossed the, the thought of, do we want Deshaun Watson to upgrade our team? You know, yeah, it might add some headaches and some issues this year, but it could be a lot of good years after that. Uh, The the other team like that, I look at and, and, you know, to Carolina, like, yeah, it's not great right now, but damn, they do got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I mean, those, those are two, like, you better be careful playing them man to man a whole lot type of guys. Uh, So I, that's where I think I'm a little like, wow, I can't believe, or at least what I heard it's so in favor of Miami. I have also looked at like the other possibilities, like Washington, would Washington try to make a play for Deshaun Watson. Can they bring him in with the legal issues given their issues? Oh, that's that's the point. You're right. I'm thinking just football stuff, but you're you're right. right. That's right. Yeah, that's now, that's another now, can of look, worms. Dysfunctional
0: teams do dysfunctional things, so maybe they would try. Maybe there's somebody else's jersey they can retire the Sunday after they do it. <laughs> I don't know, but 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 that that would be the red flag there, right. given everything that they've been accused of as an
3: organization and everything he's been accused of, that may be a tough one to sell. Yeah, no, you're right, Mike. I didn't think about that purely from the football standpoint. And what that makes sense, but as soon as you said that, yeah, that's uh, some weird allegations already on your organization. You're going to bring a quarterback. That's also got weird allegations on him. That doesn't seem like a marriage made in heaven there for sure. So, uh, I, I mean, that's, that's the only other one that really comes to my mind. Um, unless I don't know, does the uh, the team like Detroit want to get involved in this right now? Uh, and again, but I'd have a hard time thinking that Sean Watson's going to want to sign on with that group right now. They're totally at the you know infancy stages here of trying to rebuild a team. They don't got a lot to look at at all for like a guy like Watson to go. Whoa, I see light at the end of the tunnel with that offense. Um, so I think I don't know. I think we've kind of hit the teams for the, for the most part.
0: And they've already got so much committed to Jared Goff, too. That's the other problem. Yeah. You can't extricate yourself from the guy you have. You know, I'm sure that there are some Vikings fans out there that would say, oh, I'll ta- even though Kirk Cousins has been good this year, yep. he's been good. Yep. I'll take Deshaun Watson over you Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins, yeah. he's got a $35 million fully guaranteed contract next year. And so does Watson. What are you going to do about that? You know, so uh, it's, it's a difficult situation for a lot of these teams because you can't just flip the switch off on the guy that is currently your quarterback. Other teams may be able to do it. But, hey, look at Carolina. They got Sam Darnold with a fully guaranteed option-year salary of $18 million that they're going to have to eat. And what are they going to do? They, who, if they trade him, it's going to have to be a Brock Osweiler type of a deal where they're going to have to give up assets to get somebody to take on his salary. It's looking that so, guy right now. Uh, yep, you're and, right. And look at what they did. They had to do with Teddy Bridgewater. They had to eat $7 million of his $10 million guaranteed salary. Yeah. So... No, you know, I know that Tepper would view that as a sunk cost or some other economic term, but the bottom line is it makes it harder to have a team when you have that much money devoted to guys who aren't on your team anymore. But I Chris, I would say it's seventy five twenty five Miami to Carolina. But but it could happen to Miami as
3: soon as today. Oof. It could. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Oh. I mean that's what we've always heard and it's not that we've heard that. Like we know people that know what's going on and it's it's a real rumor you know I I I mean I I couldn't believe I still had people like fighting back on me like you know social media like four weeks ago like can we put those stupid rumors to rest now like what they're not rumors it's real like we're not sitting here trying to talk about this crap just to like you know mislead our viewers and make you dumber by watching the show that's not our goal here at PFT Okay, no, that I, just happens. That just it happens, just happens naturally. Sometimes we lead you down the dumb <laughs> road, and I'll teach you how to speak dumb English for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I think our football thoughts a lot of the times are are uh, leading people down the right road, and it's because we have knowledge and we work at it and study it. the 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 legal issues, yeah,
0: are. are are a potential impediment. And Mm -hmm. we we need to mention this because it is a serious situation. And as I've said from the get-go, when he started getting sued and it was like every day there's another one, there's three more, there's four more, there's two more, he needs to have his reckoning. He needs to find a way to make it right. He needs to make the individuals involved feel like they've gotten some form of justice. And... They were close to settling the cases months ago. Anytime you're haggling over whether or not the outcome of the settlement is going to be kept confidential, you already have a loose understanding of what the amount of the settlement is. They could settle those cases at any time. And if they settle those cases... If we hear that there's been a resolution reached in the 22 pending civil complaints, that changes the dynamics. It changes the vibe. And I know there are still 10 criminal complaints, but I think a lot of the steam goes out of those if the people who have gotten their civil settlements are no longer as zealous and motivated to be compelling witnesses to help the prosecution prove beyond a reasonable doubt that some sort of actual sexual assault happened, and there's only just a couple of people claiming that there was anything that would even be remotely close to a felony, even yeah. remotely. Right. I think the criminal charges it would be a stunner if those ever result in any type of conviction or prison time. It's the civil cases that would hang around for two or three years. Those, if I'm just telling you, the vibe changes quickly if those get settled, and they almost settled no out four or five months ago that's the last thing to keep in mind and then the NFL would have to decide what to do if he gets traded right now do we put him on paid leave do we not they haven't made a decision because they don't have to because he's not playing and we'll see and again circumstances may change they're not going to make a decision until they have to maybe by the time they make a decision the civil cases are gone who knows who knows They could be gone at any time let's go ahead and take a break what's wrong with the Chiefs We'll see what Chris has gleaned from the latest batch of Chiefs film, which resulted in three points being scored in 60 minutes against the Titans.
2: More PFT Library after this. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts. Activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.